hold them up in prayer. Um, let's continue to remember that our church is a body and what God is doing and what God wants to do. And I think that's the main thing this morning is we want to be submissive and obedient to God and let God have his way. Because once that happens, there's no telling what God might do. And I've been expecting, and it, I have a great expectation this morning of what God's going to do. And it's kind of like, you know, children on their birthday or a special day or something, they have an expectation of receiving something. And when I come to God's house, I have that expectation. I'm not coming just to go through the motions, just to be seen or or to make a scene or whatever, but want God to have his way. And uh, this has been already purchased with an ultimate price and bought and paid for, and we need to make the most of it. So if you have a special request this morning, I'd like for you to let it be known by the uplift of your hand. You don't have to share it, but God already knows it. As we stand, I want to read a Psalms 100, very familiar passage close and dear to my heart but the words and this is the new living translation it says shout with joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him singing with joy we're going to sing in a few minutes and we're going to sing unto the lord no one else but it's all for him acknowledge the lord is god and it had an exclamation point there. And Sister Mary, that to me stuck out. There's something about it that we need to acknowledge the Lord is God. He made us. We're his people. We're his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness, his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. Father, we're so thankful today to be able to come to your house to lift our voices and our hearts to you. God, we ask that you open heaven's portals this morning and pour forth your blessing, your anointing upon this service upon your people today that have assembled themselves together and come together in unity, one mind and one accord, to receive the fullness that you have. Father, we ask your anointing upon the singers as they lead us in worship. God, upon each and every one that makes that joyful noise unto you. For, Father, this is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I expect you to move in our presence, and, God, that you would accept our praise and exaltation to you. God, let us leave here not the same, but be different when we go out. God, full of the Holy Spirit of God, and Lord, full of your love and gladness. God, we praise you in all things that you're doing, all the, the tragedy that's around us. We see God. We see your hand, Father, that you're in control and in charge. Right now with the people of Fultondale and these families that have been affected, God, greater is your love than ever before. Let our love be like that. In the mission of this church, show that love and express it. God, in everything, let people see you in us and not us. But God, in all things today, we move and we ask that you would move this place in a mighty way. 
you would come down once again and walk in our midst, in our presence. And God, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
church. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Come on. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Come on, sing it. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Yeah. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord
and honor and glory and power. Amen. The name above all names, the name of Jesus that heals, resurrects, raises from the dead, the revival that you're wanting, and yet we can't get out and just praise Him. Look, it's okay. We're Pentecostal. Let go a little bit. People's already rode by and saw your car out there, so it don't matter now. We're going to eat in a little bit, but God's trying to send the manna from heaven right now. I'm telling you. I feel him. If you don't feel him there, you might need to move a little closer. It's all right. Brother Wooten's got a message, and I'm sure it's going to set you on fire. But right now, we need to wait on God. Sister Barry, God is truthful. He's faithful. And God will do that if you expect and you ask, if you believe. We're going to sing this one more time, Brother Barry, if you will. These people work and they worship and they press in. We need to press in right now. God's here, church. That's what we come for. Come on, worship Him. Behold the way, oh, the truth and
know, I think about that, and when I was singing amen, I was singing I'm in. I'm in. Sister Diane, I'm in there. Sister Nellie, I'm in. I'm in for what God wants and what God wants to do with each and every one of us. good to see everyone here this morning and different ones that haven't been here in some time. There's several announcements in your bulletin. This week, the 4th, February the 4th, the Gather the Win Women's Ministry will be beginning a study there on February the 4th. February the 4th is Brother Jerry's birthday. February the 4th is my mother-in-law's birthday. Two good, two good people. And uh, we want to remember them this week. Also, on Wednesday night, as I've said, push. We come at 6 and pray till 640. I believe that it is making a difference not only in our church, but in our lives as we come and we assemble together as God's word calls us to. At this time, we're going to ask the ushers to come forth. Let's keep our minds on the Lord this morning. Brother Greg, will you ask God's blessing on the offering? make sure they get it all <laughs> this time we're going to let the children go to children's church time we're going to let Brother Wooten come take his liberty in the Lord and worship God with him as he brings the word. <clears throat> Amen. So um, real quick, Dr.
Kate contacted me. They're trying to still work on his son's home through the weekend, so they were busy this morning trying to get a lot done there. So we send our prayers to them and everyone that's involved in that for Dr. K, though. He said he wouldn't be here, so his absence is because he's trying to take care of some urgent needs. And so we pray for him, Gabe, uh, Kirby, the family there involved. Um, uh, thank you, Doug, for taking and stepping in this role and serving in it. So I just 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 sort of give you all a thought right quick. The beginning of my message, I wrote this down. Thank you for leaning in this morning. This is where God sets up his move in our midst. It's his personal will for each of us in this setting. And it's where he desires to perform miracles among us. Let's keep leaning in until we have the encounter God desires. So he wants to do this. Do you want it? So that, I mean, it's what it gets down to. Um, as a, as a, you know, as a messenger, my job's just to speak the truth to you. So, my message this morning is: you got to want it. Uh, and sometimes that, like that song said a while ago, um, you know what? He's promised the victory, but not without us fighting the battle. We got, we got to get in the fight. We got, we got to press in. We got to lean into what he's got for us. So. Number one, thank you for leaning in. And if you felt like you were a little on the outside, it's your fault. It's your fault. You, he'll give you as much as you can stand. Amen. You can drink, you can, you can drink from a straw or you can drink, drink from a siphon hose. He's offering it. I'm telling you. Amen. I'm telling you. And so uh, God's presence is here moving. We thank uh the Lord for that. We acknowledge that what is happening in our midst is something that he desires to do. Not just something we want to happen. It is something he desires to do. So we we acknowledge that. I'm going to promote something right quick. Um, got a new keyboard. Sounded awesome, didn't it? Glory to God. We thank the Lord for that. Um, very assisted us uh, as a church and the board uh, made a decision to that we needed one since the two that we had half the keys didn't work on them so you had to sort of put them both together and get very no we actually didn't do that but they were getting bad so we purchased a new keyboard it would it would be nice to to the drum has a symbol on top missing that we're fixed, we've got ordered or ordering uh, there's some microphone issues that need to be addressed so say all that to say hey we're going to take up an offering the next couple of weeks if you can help and give toward those purchases, we'd love it. We want to designate that offering. So do it outside your tithing offering. If you can write down on a check on the bottom left corner, music. Music is the title. Music is what you're giving towards. If you give cash in the offering next couple of weeks and you're giving towards that, put it in an envelope, write music. That way Miss Donald can single it out. We can put it towards you. Um, we're not limp, we're not putting a number on it. The keyboard was twenty four hundred dollars. I don't know what the other items would be. Let's just give according to what we're capable of, and that miracle is in the house. Amen. So the miracle is in the house. He told the woman that was her sons were fixing to be taken into slavery. He said, "How many jars you got?" And she, what you got in your house? She said, "I got a little oil." He said, "Go gather all the jars that you can." So I'm gathering jars this morning. I'm gathering jars this morning. God's going to fill the need through your supply, okay? And so we, we just receive that in the name of Jesus. And if it goes beyond what we need, it'll stay towards music. So Barry's over there going, come on, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
So, for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about God's will. Uh, God's will is an interesting study. It's an interesting focus for us because it's so, um, his ways are not our ways, you know, you know, his thoughts, not our thoughts. To get to understand his will is a bit of a challenge for us at times. Uh, how many of y'all ever played, prayed before, God, please help me not make another bad decision? If you haven't, you might, might should think about that. It'd be a good prayer to pray sometimes, amen? But um, a lot of times we find ourselves praying those times. I, I'm, I've prayed that plenty of times. Absolutely, I've prayed that. Lord, that was a horrible decision. I don't say, where were you, God? Because he's there. I'm just, I'm just not paying attention to what his will is, what he wants. Uh, so, so the question co that comes out of that is how do you know God's speaking to you? How do you know God's voice? And ultimately, how do we know we're hearing from God? How do I know it's God doing something in my midst? So I'm going to give you a passage. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, one of the first verses I ever memorized. Memorize it uh, from, from uh, a, a translation different than I use. I use the New Living Translation a lot because of the way it communicates the English. Uh, it's, it's, it is, there's, no other, there's no translation perfect except the Hebrew, okay? So, and I don't know Hebrew. I, I, know, I know the word, the Hebrew words that I look up and find answers to, but somebody's giving me that answer, so I'm just confessing to y'all. I don't have the knowledge of the original translation. And even that transcript uh, is at its best uh, flawed because man was involved in it. So to know the, the word of God and to understand the word of God, I'm not going to wrestle over translation with you. I'm going to tell you my translation first what I learned was trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. And so that idea right there uh, it, 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 that we come to, and I'm going to get you to pull it back up. I'm going to give it to you from the New Living Translation. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. All of them basically say that in the beginning, okay? Do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, mine that I learned was lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I think that's pretty important right there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull King James Version out for you and lay it up here. It says, he shall direct thy path. I'm going to give you another one. Um, it says, he will make your path straight. Now I'm going to pull from what I understand and study that the Hebrew uses for this word right here. Because the Hebrew gives us a little bit different thought, and I love it. It basically says, he will make your paths obvious. How many of y'all want that? That's a, right? I mean, you, you, you know what I'm saying. That's one of those slap in the back of the head because you're doing something dumb and you're just trying to get their attention. That's obvious what you need to do right here, you know. And so, so I need those. I, I need those. I need obvious paths. Uh, and whenever I, what, I mean, I, I'm, you know, so I'm fixing to throw some folks on the bus. I'm Mississippi boy. I come, I mean, I, I swam the river to get to the promised land. I, I, I got a lot of issues. 
And so what I recognize is he'll make it obvious, obvious. That's the word I love. What to do, where to go, who to become. That's the promise that he's made all of us. So verse 6 starts off saying, seek his will in all you do. I'm going to get back to the rest of the verse. That hurt. I hit myself pretty hard. <laughs> to rub that one off. We had a boy one time playing softball whenever I was down in South uh, Alabama in Luverne, and we, we had softball teams. We traveled, and we took them all to state and national competitions, won a bunch. They were super kids. But he, he, our coach, he had his thumb jammed one time, and the next play, same thing happened. Thumbed, uh, jammed his thumb, and boy, boy, he was shaking, he was shaking. He looked at the coach over there, and the coach said, shake it three times real hard. And boy, he, he, saw, he said, what now, coach? Put it in your pocket. He stuck it in his pocket. He said, what now? He said, live with it. <laughs> so basically, sometimes we just have to live with what we do to ourselves. Amen? So for us to know God's will, back on the message here. So for us to know God's will, we got to understand the ways the Bible uses the idea that we call God's will. And so there's three ways that we find in the Scripture that God's will is used, Okay. And I'm going to talk about those three ways to you this morning because this is going to take us somewhere, and, and we want to go there together. And so I, to my, the best of my ability, I'm going to explain these three things to you, the providential will of God, the moral will of God, and the personal will of God, okay? Because I want you to hear what the scriptures talk about right here. And so the first one that we look at is God's providential will. Okay, so what is that? I'm going to give you the clearest and the best explanation I can give you. That's those things God's going to do no matter what. Period. How many of y'all know as parents there's some providence in your role? As a father and as a mother, as a parent, you do stuff because it's what you do, right? You do it because it's the right thing to do. Folks, going to do, God's going to do things just because he's God. Now, I'll say a few things about that. God's providential will is the stuff we don't have to ask or pray about. We don't have to wonder about. God's going to do this. God's God. God is going to do this. God, God said he directs the king's hearts like he does the streams of river in, in, in Psalms. Well, get out of here. I'm not worried about tomorrow, are you? Why? Because he's directing right now. I have to believe that he is that big and that involved in everything in my life and your life. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5 make this statement. I'm going to read it to you. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy, our, buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us by his very own, as his very own children. Now, there's an obvious right time when it comes to God doing something, and God is the only one that knows that time. So to struggle with providential will is, is your fault because that means, hey, God's going to do it. You don't need to worry about it. He has a time. It's going to work because he's planned it. He's working it. And so uh, when we look at this, there's some examples I'll get to in just a second, but what I want you to hear is this. God knows the best time. Amen? Come on, somebody. God knows the best time. You have to believe that. You have to understand that. His time, the right time for him to act, the right time for him to move, the right time for him to do what he only can do and what he only will do. God sent Jesus into the world 
when the right time came because he's our father, because he's God. That's providential will. Now I'm going to give you another verse, Revelation 20, it's verses 11 through 15. Listen to what they say. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Then the lake of fire, this lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Mm. Got to back up a little bit, right? That's, that's, I mean, it's, it's God being God right here, amen? This is providential will. This is how he's going to do it, and you just will get ready for it. Now, we can get ready for it. We, we've been, there's a way been made. The right time came. Jesus was sent. We became adopted as children because of that, those who believe and trust in Jesus. So I don't have to fear this. I don't have to worry about this. One day, all of us are going to stand and be judged for our deeds. Now, get this, get this. It won't be because we suddenly decide and pray, oh, God, please let me give an account for my deeds. Because most of us, even though we're forgiven for them, can't get over them. We struggle with them, we wrestle with them, we, we, they affect every decision we make, they influence every relationship that we have. And so, so there's a struggle point there, but I want you to hear this. God's going to do it because he's God. And there's a blood that has been shed to take care of that. Amen? Christ took our place, became our substitute and shed his blood and gave his life so that when this day come, we would stand there and he would see Forgiven, stamped on us, on our names. Our names over in that book of life. Come on, somebody. That's something to praise him about, amen? And so, this is all his providential will. This is the way he worked, but here's the catch. Here's the catch. God wants to use us to accomplish his providential will. God has always used men and women to accomplish his providential will. As a matter of fact, one day God said to Abraham, and I'm going to paraphrase here. I didn't put in, the, I didn't pull the scripture because it's a lengthy space. I'm just going to say basically what he said. Abraham, get up. I'm going to send you into a land that you don't know about. And I'm going to form a nation through you and nobody can stop me. Period. Amen. That's, that's the way he did it. That's God's plan. That was in his time. But Abraham, listen to what he said. But Abraham, basically this is what happened. He said, I want to use you to accomplish this. I, I want to do this and use you to do it. Isn't that good news? He wants, he's got a providential will. He, he's got a plan, but he wants us involved in it. He invites us into it. God, God uses us to accomplish his providential will. Remember the angel showing up and saying to Mary, Mary, you're going to have a child. wait I hadn't slept with anybody there's no physiological way there's no no way on earth this can happen angel
This is God using a person to accomplish his providential will. The angel basically said, I'm going to send my son into the world and no one can stop me. And Mary, I want to use you to accomplish this. <laughs> and no, we can't always pick out providential will in our life. I mean, if you look back and you look back and study the, the path you've been on, it, you could find times where you go, you know what? I, I just happened. I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain it. It happened. This is where I'm at because of this. Bingo. Mark it. And there's things that happen that you were involved in that you want you need to look at and go, you know what? That was your providential will, God. That was you doing what you do and choosing to use me in it. So I say all that. Why, why know this about God's providential will? Because the more familiar we become with how God does things, the easier it is for us to identify him and his work around us. The more I know about how he does things, the easier it is for me to find him in my day, uh, to, to recognize his activity around me and to be able to say, oh, God, that's you. I see that, and I want to be a part of that. Well, guess what? I've got you in it. I'm glad you want to be in it. <laughs> that's providential will. But so what about God's moral law? Let's, let's talk about that one right quick. So God's moral law is the thou shalt and the thou shalt nots in the scripture. That's my easiest way to say how you find God's moral law is you go to the scripture and you read what he says, do this, don't do this. Amen? I mean, wasn't that your moral will for your children? Do this, don't do this. Now, did they get to an age where they can pick something different to do and not do it your way? Yes, they do. Is that your fault? No, it's not. Will they stand as, and account for that? Yes, they will. Before you? No, they won't, so quit hounding them. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being mean here. I'm just saying. I, my kids are at an age where I can't, I can't affect or change the direction they're going. I can only advise if I'm given the opportunity. And the rest, I just sort of got to get back and say, okay, God, there you go. You notice I'm rubbing my head, right? Because I'm thinking they're going to get slapped silly if they don't pay attention to what God's doing. Amen? Because he's now the father. Uh, this is the most, I say, I'm going to say this, okay? Love you folks. Um, this is the most hated part of Christianity today. But by believers and non-believers alike. This is what they hate. They hate this, and I'm going to explain that. This is what gets us labeled as intolerant, gets us labeled as inconsiderate. This is what gets us labeled as without compassion, this, this moral will of God. And, and, and let me say this about that. Y'all know there are things that you don't have to pray about. Should I lie to my boss? Should I cheat on my wife? Lord, would it be wrong for me to steal this tank of gas? I'm, I, I really do need the $10 I got in my pocket, and I'm at $20, and I'm going to have to do something. I've messed up. Can I just drive off? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Scripture's pretty clear. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal. You don't treat people unfairly. I mean, I mean, I, I mean that's, uh, there's no justification no means justifies the end. 
Amen? Are we listening? Listen to me. I'm going to give you a verse, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. God's will. We should stop right there. I mean, what? Do you need a slap in the back of your head to understand this? God's will. What are we talking about? God's will. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. So let's, let's dig just a second right here. What we realize is the point here is not just the sexual sins that become involved in humanity and, and our drive that was God-given. Okay? The drive for sex is God-given. It is not immoral. It's only immoral when I practice it outside of his word and his law. Amen? And so he's not saying, hey, don't, you know, don't, don't do this wrong. Stay away from all sexual sin. It's not a sin for a couple that's married to be sexually involved. Y'all okay with this, right? Yeah, I know y'all are. Okay. So I'm pretty blunt plain here. So I, I want everybody here. So you got to hear this. God's moral law right here is that you remain morally pure. That's the whole, that's what that was about. That's what that verse is about. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. So in other words, remain morally pure. You don't have to, you don't have to pray or think about that. Just do it. I mean, you do that. Your boyfriend calls up and says, hey, you know what I've been thinking about? It would be way cheaper for us just to move in together. It's odd, but we got people in the church today that go get on their knees. And they pray, Lord, I need some direction in this. I, I mean, my boyfriend, you know him. We come to church. He wants us to move in together, and I love him. I love him. I really do love him, and I know he loves me. What do you think? Come on. Come on, somebody. God's moral will has already answered that question. God's moral will has already answered that question. Scripture's full of God's moral will, the do's and the don'ts that God has given us. And our job is just do it. Just do it. Do what he says. Why know that? Why know this? Why know about his moral will? Because the more familiar we become with what I like to call God's morality reality. See, this is God's morality reality. We, we don't have to wrestle over it. The reality of God's moral law is purity according to his word. And so what we recognize here is the easier, the more we know God's morality reality, the easier it is to say yes or no when the pressure's on. Because that's what happens. That's what happens. We don't have a decision made before the pressure turns up. And then we begin to think, oh, man, I didn't know. let me think about that. And this is the challenge with any of God's will. Okay, here's the challenge with any of God's will. It's not that God's unwilling to speak to us. It's that we're unwilling to follow what he's telling us. It's not that God doesn't want to talk to you. It's that you just won't want to listen to him. I mean, let's, let, seriously, we want God to show us what to do. So we can, and just agree with me, consider it. 
okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I got it. Let me think about it. I'll get back with you. Hello, 2021. Hello to a generation of people that there's not a winner and a loser. There's not a clear direction or path. There's been choices and choices, and you get to choose your discipline. You get to choose your food. You get to choose. I'm not against choices. Don't get me wrong. Come on, somebody. We, we want God to show us what to do so we can consider it. Let me think about it. Let, let, me, let me think about it. God, I hear you. Let me, let me think about that. I'll get back with you. And God doesn't give direction for consideration. God just doesn't do that. I mean, he's God. Did you give direction to your kids for consideration? No, you didn't. Did they turn out perfect? Probably not. I mean, I'm looking at you and thinking probably not. Mine didn't either. Okay, none of our, they, they, they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be exactly what you desire. But if we can get them to understand that God's providence and his morality are the steps to lead us to something really personal in him, then we'll begin to experience something that God has for us that we want without these. God doesn't give direction for consideration. He doesn't say, here's some options. God communicates expecting participation. And we wonder why. Well, I don't feel like I'm hearing anything from him. We'll let that settle for a minute. There are times we feel like we say even to one another, I just don't feel like I'm hearing anything. Well, if he communicates, will you participate? Because it might not fit what you have planned. It not, might not be in your time. It might be, not be according to just how you thought it out and planned it because we are a thinking bunch of people and a planning bunch of people. And we have this thing laid out exactly how we expect it. God, God doesn't tell us things so we'll contemplate or consider, consider them. He tells us expecting participation. I'm going to go back to the verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I want you to hear them again. I'm going to break them down just real quick to get to a close right here. Trust in the Lord. Oh, and, and I'll talk about the personal will here in just a minute. Because that's the third one, and Debbie immediately thought, wait, you didn't cover number three. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Remember, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take, or he'll, he'll make your paths obvious. So there it is. We too often, and, 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 and just leave six up there. Just leave it up there. We'll get to it in just a second. We too often don't want to trust in him with all. Seek his will in all you do. Trust the Lord with all your heart. So, so we want to trust him with part so that we can keep some options open. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, me. Just, 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 agree. just agree. That's probably true. But, but God says, no, 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 no. You have to trust me with all your heart. Look, look at the contrast here. Go back to verse 5. Verse 5 says, and lean not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. That means don't put your dependence on your ability to sort it out or to figure it out. Don't, don't, don't trust that judgment. Trust him. 
Lean into him. Believe that he's got a work that he's doing. It's pro- his providence is going to be accomplished, and he wants you involved in it. His, 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 his purity is going to be accomplished. You just have to say yes to him. When you get to where you're trusting God with your whole heart, you're no longer leaning on your way of doing things, God shows up. He shows up. He'll, he'll show up and do miraculous things. Verse 6 said, in all your ways. In other words, seek his will in all you do. So I'm after his will in all that I'm doing. Here's what that means. Not just in the areas you're praying about. In every area of your life, all your circumstances, all your relationships, all your needs, all your wants, all, 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 everything. I need to be, I need to, I need to be all in to what he is doing. Seeking his will in all you do. Then watch this, watch this. Verse 6 goes on and says, um, and he will show you which path to take. And he will show you. Man, I need that, don't you? I need that. I need him to show me. I need to understand according to his plan and his work. Watch this. So he says, seek his will in all you do. Acknowledge him in all your ways. The one verse says, one translation. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I'm going to give you a thought right quick. The word acknowledge isn't a good word there. It's a weak word. I'm going to tell you why it's a weak word. Weak is what, so here's what acknowledge is in our day and time. So I, and this is my only Greek word I'm going to be able to lay out for y'all today. Or uh, uh, Hebrew word. So, so uh, he, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. So here's the word acknowledge. Acknowledge is this. It's how we see acknowledge. <laughs> I, and look, I get frustrated over this. I get frustrated over this. If I come into a place, I'm looking. We're online, so I'm struggling a little bit right now. Um, I wear the mask when I go into the store because it says to wear the mask. But I can't tell folks smiling or frowning at me. And I have a lot of ways I acknowledge people. I'll do a head nod. I'll smile. I, I'm a big smiler. I think smile affects people. So I try to pour out that love on them, smile at them, you know, got a big old smile. I, I want something back, you know. They look at you and look back down, or they don't look at you and avoid you. I'm standing in line at a, at a place trying to buy food, and they're not acknowledging me. I'm a little frustrated over that. I want something, not even the food. I want acknowledgement. Hey, glad you're here. How can we help you? Welcome. Give me something. I come into the church. I like to be. Roy is a champion at acknowledgement. He's a champion at acknowledgement. He smiles at me. He opens the door. He, he makes fun of me. Um, <laughs> takes every jab he can, just like he does with all y'all. And I love it. He's a champion at acknowledgement. I mean, he's super at it. But what if you walked up and he didn't open the door and you came in and he just sat there in his chair? It, you wouldn't want to come back. Right? You wouldn't want to come back. I mean, it'd just be frustrating. I mean, does that man not even know I exist? So, so that's our acknowledgement. We want a little something, but what we want is very, very limited. I mean, it's very, 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 very light in its weight. I'm going to give you heavy now, okay? Here's what, 
acknowledge him in all your ways. Seek, that word seek is where the word acknowledge actually is better used. And I'm going to give you the actual phrase for it, okay? The better phrase right here is that we come to a place that we understand that there's something that we need to focus on. So acknowledge is better translated, be riveted on. I'm talking about acknowledge him in all your ways. Everything that you're doing, you're looking for him. You're watching for him. You're riveted on the fact that you know God is up to something and you want to see it and you want to be a part of it. You want to you experience it. God, I don't want to be left out of this, so I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to focus. I'm going to be so focused that nothing's going to distract me. I'm going to be riveted. Y'all saw me look down to step, make sure I didn't step. Oh, see, I, threw, I got thrown off. Riveted, 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 focused. Hang on every word. In other words, as you're trying to make a decision about something over here, and you're over here and you're praying and saying, Lord, what do I do here? You don't lose focus in this area over here on what he's doing, and you keep focused on that. You say, how do I do that? It is a work of the Spirit that enables you to know and to experience him where it's obvious what he's wanting for you to be doing, you're doing it, and when you're over here seeking for direction here, you don't lose sight of where he's at over here. You're focused. You're, 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 you're acknowledge. Be riveted on. Be riveted on his will and all that you do. And he will show you. He'll make your path obvious. Oh. And as you do all that you know to do based on what you know about his will, his personal will then is revealed, which is this third thing that we talked about in will. So we got providential will and we've got moral will. Now there's a promise concerning God's personal will. You ready? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will, he will, he will, he will. Will, will, it's his will. He will make your path obvious. He will make your path obvious. God's not going to simply give you direction for consideration. When we get to the point that we say, God, whatever your will is, that's what I want. That's when he reveals his will for us. That when, we're, when you're committed to obeying before you know the answer. You listen to me. When you're committed to obeying before you know the answer, that's when God reveals his personal will. When you're committed to obeying before you know the answer, I mean, let's, let's get this settled once and for all. You don't first see and then act. You act and then see. You don't, fir you, you, you don't, you don't first see. You, you don't, God, you're going to have to show me before I do that. Then I'll decide. That's, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about when we say consideration. If you'll show me, then I'll decide. No. you got to say, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. Not I'm in, I'm in. Come on. I like that. I'm going to start singing that.
was up there worshiping, I kept hearing healing has a name, and it's Jesus. Relationships have a name, and it's Jesus. Your pain has a name, and it's Jesus. Your needs, your wants, your desires, your longings all have a name. Why know this? Because the more familiar we become with what he asks all of us to do, the easier it is to, to discern God's personal will. If, if you wait to see before you believe, you're not going to start the journey. You won't start the journey. It's by faith we believe and are saved. I'm going to read that verse to you again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you. He will show up and show you which path to take. God wants us, so, so, so let me wrap up. God wants us to place he wants us at a place of surrender and obedience such that yes, Lord, is our answer before he even tells us what he wants us to do. He wants us at a place of surrender and obedience such that yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We live off of a yes to him, a yes to him, whatever he wants. Yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And in the things we're not certain about, in those moments when we're not sure, we go to his word. We seek out answers. We look for and try to find the answers to what he is saying. And we keep an ear to what he is doing, an eye open and an ear in tune to what his spirit would say and what his activity would be around us so that we know, so that we can participate, so that we're part of what he's doing, his will for our life, his will. Some that he's just going to do because he's God. Some that he has called on us to do because he has laid it out and there's it's black and white. There's no middle ground. And those things leading us to the place where that we're living such a surrendered and obedient life to where that it doesn't matter what he tells us to do. We're in. God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll say anything for you. I'm in. When we seek to know his will, we get to know him. That's what we're talking about today. That's what we're going to look at uh, as we open up the Word of God and try to understand His will. I want to know you, Lord. You think about it. Paul wrote the words, I want to know you. I want to know you. In the power of your resurrection, in the fellowship of your sufferings, I, I, I want you to conform me into a death that glorifies you. That's basically what he is saying. I want to know you the way, the way that you have offered it, Jesus. I, not the way I want it. Not, not in a way that I get to consider whether or not it's actually what I want to do. I want to know you. I want to know you. So if you, I mean, let's, let's, let's just get down to it. If that's you, if that's you, 
listening online, if that's you in this service this morning, I want to, I want you to come to this altar. I want to invite you to come. I want you to I want you to I want you to practice a surrender this morning. I don't care if you've claimed to have known Christ forever and yet you're in a place to where the mo- the moral will of God's not being accomplished in your life or or you've rejected the sovereignty and the, 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 the providential will of God, or you're just seeking his personal will. You're just after him, and you're, you're going after him. I want to invite you to come to the altar, and here's what I'm going to ask, even online. Look, make that place you're at a place of altar, okay? I want you to start off by just saying to him, Lord, search me. I'll never forget the, 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 the writer of Lamentations making this cry. Search me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Man, that's the prayer. That's the prayer. That's, that's how to find his will. By saying first about yourself, God, you know me. I, I can't fool you. I can fool a lot of folks. I can't fool you. So, so test me, basically, is what they were saying. Search me. Try me. Test me. See if there's anything in me that's wrong, that's wicked, he used the word. And why? Why would he say that? Surely he knew himself. (laughs) If I asked you to give a definition of rebellion, we would point out rebels that had fought against a cause, maybe. But do you know that the word rebel comes from that root, that word rebellion comes from that root word rebel, and that just means I'm choosing to be separate from the right. What's clear? What's obvious? And so what we rebel against is the obvious. God said, I'll make your paths obvious. I'm going to show you. I don't think I want to do that. That always got me tore up, by the way. I'm talking about tore up. So so don't resist whatever you have to do as a parent to help understand your will. It got me tore up in a lot of other ways as I got mature and an adult. Whenever I'd sort of rebel against his path that was obvious, I'd sort of choose to quit praying, choose to quit, you know, doing things that I felt like he is calling me to do. And next thing I know, I'd be in a hole, boy, a deep hole, bad struggle. Somebody say amen. You've been there. And it took me coming back and saying, search me, try me. Lord, I know there's something wrong. That's why I'm struggling today. And then all of a sudden, he comes, he reveals, he forgives, I repent. All this good stuff starts happening because I'm back in his will. I'm back walking in his steps. Come on, glory to God. That's where you want to be, on his obvious path. Amen. Father, we bow before you. Lord, if there's anybody in this room this morning that just needs to get back on the path, we're going to open up the altar and believe for that. I ask everyone to stand now. And if you're in here and that's you, you just, you know there's something going on in you and you're struggling to find the will of God in your life in a specific area and you've heard this message, I invite you to come, find a place in this altar, stand across it. We're going to ask you anything specific. We're just going to pray and agree with you that 
that you are able to hear the voice of God because that's what we started with. We pray and say, Lord, don't let me make another bad decision, but then how do we know his voice? I just want you to have a clarity of his voice, a clarity of what his word says, and in those that clarity that you're able to get back on the path. If he, if he says, if he points something out, you need to repent, repent. Look, it's okay. Repent. It's okay. We can say that word. That means I'm changing directions. I'm not going to follow my way. I'm going to follow his way. That's what that means. So we open the altar right now. That's you. Will you come? Will you come and let us pray and agree with you? Anyone else? Will you come?